3: Utah's sports leader. This is KZNS AM Salt Lake City. KZNS FM Colvin. 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. What's that? Whether it's the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, or Aggies. These guys have got you covered. Fellas. You're locked on to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. One, two, three, move, move it. On 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. <laughs> Put it in five. I'll be outside. I'll be on the way. I'll be on the way. You can beat me in five. I'll be on nine. I'll be on all day.
1: Jake and Ben, 97.5 and uh, 12.80 The Zone. How's your weekend, Jake? Oh, it was good. A lot of, yeah. a lot of time with my girls. So that's yeah.
2: always good. Mine was great. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Gabrielle Union liked one of my did. tweets over the weekend. I it was I did see that. It was uplifting. It made me feel good. It was late last night that I saw it, and I felt much better about my weekend. Okay, now I'm going to double check with Megan on
1: this, but are we four for four? I'm bringing that up in every segment. Or are we three for four?
2: I don't know if I brought it up in the last segment, but if I didn't, I'll make sure I mention it twice in this segment. Okay. Three for four. All right. Okay. Let's, let's make sure we get – Because we want six mentions at least in the show. <laughs> at least. That Gabrielle Union. Hey, did, did Gabrielle Union like one of my tweets? Actor and superstar
1: liked one of my tweets. I'm not kidding. I saw Bring It On in the theaters yeah. like four times. Yeah. And let me explain why though because it was at a very uh poor time in my life like it was between basically high school and college when i when i yeah. did not have two nickels to rub together and it was at one particular dollar theater and my friends and i had nothing to do so i was like who wants to go see bring it on again
2: there were a couple of things we had as young people now look you my kids will have netflix and amazon prime and hulu and whatever every, we have every streaming service of course or we have a password to every whatever we got to do we can watch Every bit of media on earth, plus YouTube, plus the greatest video games that have ever existed, like they're on the cutting edge. They're lucky. But having the dollar theater was such a blessing for your and my generation. They're going to miss that. I agree. Because my parents could be like, we're not babysitting you today. We're not watching you today. Here's a dollar. Go to the movie theater. It was a five-minute walk from my house, and it was relatively safe. And just go see a movie and come back in three hours. And let me have three hours to just do what I need to around and, the house. Go see a movie. take your time about it. And, yeah. Walk. Walk <laughs> yeah. back. Go up and we'll run around Shopco after. Whatever you got There's Here's
1: do. some quarters. Pump them into the arcade Correct. after
2: the movie or something. But I'm going to miss that as a parent that I can't send my kids to do that. But my kids, I mean, how much fun was had. I mean, there were it was the best. important moments in people's lives that uh, happened at the Dollar Theater. Absolutely the best. It was best. cheap and it was easy and it was fun. I couldn't so agree that's with you. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Anyway, shout out to Gabrielle Union. My new well, Twitter friend.
1: Let me get to my uh, let me get to my problem with the jazz point. And then we can get into the playoffs because that's probably the in the value of it is probably the more important okay. discussion. But the reason, like, I don't think you can label last night a make or miss game. And the Jazz just missed because, one, I don't think you can label any NBA game that way. Okay. But two, and this is maybe the biggest problem with the Jazz, Ben. And here's the analogy I'll use for you. Have you ever seen somebody with a hitch in their golf swing or their yes. like uh, baseball swing? Charles Barkley. They're obviously the yeah. first thing that comes to mind, yeah. right? He knows what he's doing wrong, but he just can't help himself for some reason. And you look at Charles swing Swinger golf club and you say,
2: just stop doing that. Yeah. You know that's that's Correct. why you suck at golf. Just stop it. Kendall Thompson, Utah quarterback. For some reason, he'd throw the ball, and halfway through his release, he'd he would stop. stop, and then he'd throw it again. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. You don't know
1: why. Or, you know, like I said with baseball, you step stepping in the bucket or whatever. The Jazz... When they're playing jazz basketball and the ball is moving, the blender, whatever. And, and by the way, just for the sake of argument, let's take the other team out of it for a second. I'm not naive. I know that the other team has an effect yeah. on this. So we're just taking that out of the equation for a second. But when the jazz dribble the basketball, play selfishly. What was the word Donovan used last night uh, in the post? Sluggish, I think yeah. is, is what yeah. he said offensively. Whatever, uh, Stagnant uh, word, is stagnant. word he said. Whatever you want to use for it. We've seen it. We know what it looks like. And it happens all the time. And outside of this last couple of weeks stretch with no Rudy Gobert and and having the issues with COVID, you can look back at all of their bad losses and what do they all have in common that's how they decide to play for large stretches of yes. the
2: game. Detroit was the most obvious version of it, but there were long stretches of it last night too. Jazz stopped passing the ball in the second half of the Detroit game because they're like, well, we're up 15. We don't have to. We they just go, stopped. Your turn, my turn. We don't need to pass anymore. The fourth quarter, the Jazz just stopped. They really did stop passing stopped the ball. Stopped passing. And then I hear
1: I hear every post game, Ben, you do too, and they come out and say, well, we just need to not be stagnant. We need to pass the ball. Well, why do you keep doing it? Yeah. And it's their hitch in their swing where I don't know if if something flips in Bogdanovich's mind or Clarkson's mind or or Mitchell's mind or whoever like, hey, it's my time to shine. And then they just get out of it. Or maybe they think like, oh, bogey's off tonight. I'm not going to pass to him. Uh, Or, man, I've seen Rudy fumble it out of bounds one too many times. I'm not passing to him, even though he's got his man pinned. Our best chance at a bucket here is for me to dribble for 23 seconds and then throw up a hook shot fading out of bounds. We saw it all fourth quarter, Ben. And I don't know. They know what they, what they do when they get it wrong. We know what they do when they get it wrong. But yet the hitch in the swing comes out almost every single why? game.
2: If I had to offer an educated guess, what my guess would be, and I'm not saying I'm well educated, but my guess would be. It has a lot to do, and I'm not pinning it on a, this person, because you once you identify the problem, you need to fix the problem, and, and fix is a dangerous word. You're, don't read too much into what I'm saying here, ever, actually. Uh, the problem, I think, has been Joe Ingles this year, that Joe Ingles is not playing the way he was last year. He's, he's just not at that level anymore. He's just not, and I don't know if it was the Olympics. I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's not seeing his family long enough. Like I don't know what has caught up with Joe Ingles. But something has caught up with Joe Ingles where there's just no question he's not playing as well this year as he did last year when he was arguably the sixth man of the year, even though Jordan Clarkson won it. It's a very good case that Joe Ingles was the best bench player in basketball last year, and that's not the case this season. But because he's not playing at that level anymore, what did Joe do so well? He shot the ball, he spaced the floor, and he passed the ball. Like That's what he did so well. He hasn't been a good defensive player in a long time, but he really moved the ball well, better than probably anybody on the team. He could run the pick-and-roll with Rudy Gobert. He'd kick the ball to the perimeter. Really timely scoring. A-plus shooting over 40% last year. Like He did so many things well that the Jazz needed to bail them out when they weren't moving the ball because they have a lot of guys on this team that don't want to move the ball. And in fact, they made it worse last night. Or over the offseason, I should say. Because Jordan Clarkson has never liked moving the ball all that much. Rudy Gay really doesn't like moving the ball all that much. And now you have two of those guys in the second unit, which would have been fine if Joe Ingles was still doing all the things that he did last season, which was space the floor and move the ball and get everyone involved. And for whatever reason, he just can't do it anymore at this point. He just can't do it, which honestly is probably another reason why Jazz fans haven't seen Jared Butler on the floor because he also doesn't move the ball. The one thing you can say about Trent Forrest is he moves the ball. (laughs) Trent Forrest won't even look at the hoop. He'll move the ball, and I think that's why he was getting those opportunities. But it's probably another reason why you can't really play Eric Paschal either because Eric Paschal doesn't move the ball. He grabs it and he puts his head down and he runs to the rim. So you have a bunch of guys who can do that, which is a skill. Remember the Jazz didn't have anyone who would shoot until they traded for Jordan Clarkson and they got him and it just felt like this breath of fresh air that they desperately needed. It's why he was so valuable to the Jazz. But now they have so many guys who don't move the ball that are in that second unit that it just it's, it's just gummy. It's it, just sticky. It happens with the first unit too. Though. It does. Because I,
1: I agree with you. I'm not going to disagree. And and that missing component that Joe provided last year is is certainly a thing. But Bogdanovich dribbling forever. And have you seen Royce O'Neal get surprisingly demonstrative when he's in the corner and and somebody's farting around in the yeah. lane? I mean, I, I can't. It's like Royce. You don't care about shooting, but yet he's waving his arms even after the bucket sometimes goes in. And, uh, you know, pick on Bogdanovich a little bit here, but Donovan does it too. Yep. And, and this is a fact like stat muse um, for people, you know, the vast majority of our audience that probably don't follow Twitter 24-7. There's this weird Twitter account. I don't even follow them. But yeah. they ended up in my timeline all night last night because they were dragging Rudy, which is hilarious because if anybody wasn't responsible for the loss last night, it certainly was Rudy. But one of the this, uh, the tweets they threw out there, Ben, was uh, um, what animation of the crying Jordan meme. Yep. And it said something like Rudy Gobert when his players don't throw – his teammates don't throw him the ball when he's got half a player – or a player half his size on him, yep. excuse me, something along those lines. And it, and it was kind of mean because of Rudy's history with tears and that sort of thing, which is stupid to begin with. Yeah. But they're right. Correct. Because Rudy himself runs the floor like a bat out of hell, pins a guy, whether it's right initially or when they're playing the switchy defense and he gets a smaller guy switched on to him, pins him right under the basket, and they don't throw it to him. Correct.
2: Or he ends up out rolling his guy or more quickly rolling to the basket than his guy, and he's got an open lane to the basket, but there are two defenders between the ball handler and Gobert, and they won't throw the ball over the top to him. They just don't trust that they can throw that little pocket pass over the top more of a football conversation, I should say, than than you know the pocket pass in football or in basketball. But yes, that little pass over the top, they just do not trust that they can get the ball to him in that spot where if he catches it, he turns and there's nobody between him and the basket. He dunks. They just they really don't get him the ball enough still,
1: and uh, not capable or don't want to. I listen to yeah or don't trust him or frankly Regardless. don't want to give him the ball. did they, yeah. they, they miss it? And you know the year I guess it, oh, was it three years ago now that Rudy set the dunks record. Yeah, or two. But the only reason the Jazz had an offense at all that year was because of Rudy's pressure on the rim. Yes, The last Ricky Rubio year, Ricard, excuse me, Ricard Rubio year, the only reason they had an offense at all is because of that pressure that he put on the rim. And they were throwing in plenty of lobs then, Ben, but then things get a little complex. Yep. And Rudy, I I saw somebody, I can't even remember what I I was reading through responses to something, who said, Rudy plays offense like an 11-year-old. No, he doesn't. He's literally going to set a record, possibly, for field goal percentage in the NBA in yep. a single season this year. Yeah. Right. You know, it, he's, it's not pretty and it's kind of gangly and he's awkward at times. And I cares? wish he wouldn't do reverse layups and just dunk it too. Who cares? But it's incredibly effective. Yeah, who
2: cares? You know, Russell Westbrook has an incredible dunk last night. Everyone talks about it. It was amazing. Awful offensively. It was just awful. He had a terrible plus minus last night. Like, it does, we got to stop caring about style points, they don't matter. Style points just don't need to matter. Rudy Gobert is extremely effective, and yeah, they need to get him the ball more. But there are – the re- I do think the Jazz are lacking ball movers right now, and Joe Ingles was probably the best at it on the team. Mike Conley's obviously second. I can come along with that. But I think Joe Ingles was probably the best at it, and I think Joe probably deserved more credit even than he was getting. And Jazz fans love Joe Ingles but probably deserves even more credit than he was getting during his career for but how much he was making those units run.
1: I've said this to you before, so forgive me for being a broken record, but it's it's Donovan that has to do it. Because he's yes. the player on the team that if you look at him and you go, well, Donovan's passing, you have to pass. Because if anybody has an excuse not to sure. pass, it's him. It's Donovan. So if he sets the tone, like he did in the Denver game, where they're going to go out and he's going to guard and they're going to move the ball and they're going to play jazz basketball, the whole team has
2: to do it. There is, and this is really getting too fine into the details of it, but there is a couple of types of passing, though, in the NBA. And there is passing the way Joe Ingalls does, which is to run the offense, and there's passing to get assists because the guy's open the way Donovan Mitchell does. Now that's because of how they yes, play you. That's true. Donovan Mitchell gets double teamed so he can kick to Royce in the corner or Joe in the corner or Boyan in the corner or whatever. And those are assist passes. But it's one pass away no. and it's not running the offense. It's running an offense, but it's not, you know, the whole get the blender started, run the Jazz plays. It's extremely effective. You got to have that guy. It's the way Kobe Bryant did it. You know, like the superstars aren't necessarily running the offense. They're kicking guys who are open based off of the own gravity that they create. It's effective, but it is not the same type of passing that Joe Ingles makes. Right. A Mike Conley assist and a Luka
1: Doncic assist are different assists. Correct. Correct. And certainly 100%. Yes. A James Harden assist.
2: Yes. Maybe the best example.
1: And a Joe Ingles assist.
2: As, as different not, as they can get.
1: Are not the same. It's not the same thing. Correct. I've been saying that for years because right. we we totally overvalue triple-doubles now. And it's like, no, 100%. it's not – because an assist isn't necessarily an unselfish play anymore. Right.
2: Right. And it's not a design of yes or finding – the open guy, or, you know, I mean, like you're saying, it's not the John Stockton assist of old. It's it's not really what those were, where it was, yes, I'm going to constantly get all these different people involved. That's really not what some of those assists are.
1: It's, I'm going to let the air out of the ball, and if I can't create for myself, you better make it.
2: And it's not a knock on that style of play it's necessarily. It's a style. It's a style. It's not necessarily a knock because it's effective. Look, Donovan Mitchell, I, I don't want any of this to read. Like, I'm knocking on Donovan Mitchell right now. I mean, the Jazz are as dead in the water as they were without Rudy Gobert last week. Because the whole system is designed to run about around some of the things they do. If you lost Donovan Mitchell truly for a significant amount of time, I know you did the last fifteen games of the season last year. Like the Jazz also don't have any chance without Donovan Mitchell. Oh, I agree. With I don't that want take this to sure. sound like it's a knock on Donovan Mitchell for the way he plays, because it's not. I think he's truly, truly fabulous. It's just, it's just a different style. It's just a different style of offense.
1: But the irony is, is that Donovan's numbers are far better when they play that way. Correct. And More he's efficient. the one yep. and again I you know we're doing sports radio, we criticize this, what we do, but he's the one with the hitch in his swing.
2: I can get behind that.
1: And but I, I like your point about Joe, because they're missing that component. So I mean this whole yeah. discussion isn't going to be summed up in one particular yeah. you know, this person's responsible or not. But with great power comes great responsibility, and that's Donovan Mitchell. Right. Because you're right. They're the this team's dead in the water without him. And so he, I think he has to set the tone with how they're going to play offensively. And uh, on top of that, I think he knows that because he said it over sure. and over again.
2: Sure. But you know what? You're even missing guys like George Niang because it's it's the quickness of the, the reason some of it looks so stagnant. George Niang's quickness, gummy, and gets you know t- talking about all the words that they used last night. It goes back to the cliche that Quinn Snyder used, which what what is his term? Half second decisions. Yeah. Which is shoot the ball or pass the ball or dribble. But don't stop. Rudy Gay catches and stops. Catches the ball and says, what am I going to do? I can take this guy off the dribble. I can back him down. I can hold it for a second. Then I could shoot. Or I could pass. Once you've done that, if you've waited that long, your advantage is out the window as a passer or as a shooter. Those are gone. So really, your only solution is to dribble the ball at that point, and then that really ruins the offense. Jordan Clarkson also dribbles a lot. Now, he's at his best when he catches and dribbles and attacks right away or catches and shoots right away, but the worst thing he can do is take that little false step and step backwards and assess the situation and then decide to attack. That's the worst thing the Jazz can do. And a guy like George Yang, who was really good last year, caught it and shot it, caught it and passed it, or caught it and dribbled it, but he made the decision quickly. Should we give away some Jazz tickets? Sure. Should we do that after that glowing segment? Should we give away? So well, they're going to beat the Houston Rockets tomorrow.
1: Well, I thought they were going to beat the Pistons last week, but yeah, I got you.
2: They're going to beat the Rockets. All tomorrow. right, let's twelfth uh, caller.
1: How about that pair of tickets? You're going to see the game. That's a lot of work for Megan. I mean, Megan's like
2: Jake the Snake. Let's just drop it to three callers. 855 five, is the four, difference zone? between 12 and hey, 3, Jake? Don't snake? make us uh, – Let's don't, just do it,
1: my man. Don't make us get mean and go like the, we used to do this to interns. 100th right in caller. 100th caller right now. We no. love Miracle Megan. 12th caller, 855 five, five, 340 oh,
2: Just the first zone. caller, just say they're number 12.
1: Randy Ray joins the show next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
2: What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz.
3: Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point
1: bell. Jazz at 30 update. Jazz coming off a tough loss to the Lakers. Here's Rudy Gobert talking about what went
3: wrong in the fourth quarter. Which just got a little disconnected, started offensively and, and then I think uh, we had for the most part of the game, I thought we played really good defense, you know, we just had a one stretch when we were giving up offensive rebounds and giving up back doors and I didn't box out my man. We just had a bad stretch defensively, but for the most part I thought we were solid and offensively there's just a stretch when we stopped moving the ball and we had a few bad shots, a few turnovers and then they were able to, to run on us and, and get the momentum.
1: This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with five-star experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. Five starpainting.com. That's five starpainting.com.
0: Who's got it better
3: than us? No. Your home for the best sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 975-1280 the zone. Powered by KSLsports.com. Hey, let's go to Peyton. He's gonna break down that touchdown.
0: <laughs> Can't hear s. Sh-. Never mind. Peyton, Peyton's doing something else. <laughs>
1: Never mind. Peyton's doing something else. It reminded me of when Larry Kraskowiak was doing a post game and Chris Hill was uh, yelling at the head of officials or whatever yes. and uh, using some pretty salty language. Larry Kriscoviak just goes, "Ooh, it's one of our uh, coaches or something.
2: What was his name? What was the head of officiating? Uh, you Bobby. Hear him,
1: You're killing me, Bobby. Uh, Bobby. <laughs> What's the name he was yelling at? We could look up the, the actual me, guy's name. I think that was also after an Arizona State game. Yelling at Bobby. Chris Hill, a little too loud in the room next door. But Larry Kraskovic's was reaction was priceless. Oh, man. I can't imagine it was intentional.
2: You know who you can hear. You know where people are. You know where the media is. Because you can't really call out the media in a certain way and you can say, I addressed it the right way. I you and talk to him face-to-face. You kind of got the best of both worlds, right? You got to light up the officials publicly and privately at the same time.
1: Yeah, that was something. It was hilarious. Those poor officials.
2: Look, a lot of times they do their jobs horrendously badly. I get it. And can you imagine getting yelled at by Chris Hill after? you? <laughs> well, he wasn't even a ref. He was like the right. Ref's He's boss. the right exactly. He's the head of officiating. Like, can you imagine taking the. I mean, can you imagine what's going on right now for the officials for the Raiders? Like, you have a bad day at work. You accidentally blew one whistle. You probably basically. And I know they they picked up the flag on another play, but to kind of make it even. But you, you, you have one mistake at work. and Now, you can't make that mistake. Your whole job, it's the Chris Rock routine as a pilot, you don't get to make a mistake. You have to be perfect at your job. But you make one like that, and you don't get to work the rest of the year, which is probably a huge, I mean, it's an honor just to get to. Well, it's a lot of dough. It's Yeah, it's an honor and a huge, you know, not pay raise, but you get a whole extra weekend of pay to be able to coach in the playoffs. And then each progressive week, if you were good, you get to keep, being the official, and they basically fire you for the rest of the year. It's a big deal. I never. And then everybody talks about it. Feel bad for referees. Did you ever do it? You seem like a guy who would have uh, oh, worked some junior jazz officiating. I umpired
1: little league baseball, yeah. pony league baseball. You that energy for one year, yeah, and it was so awful, yeah, and it had nothing to do with the actual umpiring a little Correct. league baseball game because who cares, right? But the I, parents? I, it was just eye opening. The yeah. parents and coaches, it was just yeah. like. Like you'd call a like call the ball that was a strike, and the coach would just unleash and be like, "Hey,
2: I'm 16." I remember and these kids are 10. I remember playing junior jazz and parents and maybe my own yelling at the refs and being like, "I'm i thir- I'm not even 13. I think I stopped playing when I was 11." It was just it was just completely need to yell at the officials.
1: completely eye opening as my voice cracks. Like, "Hey, I'm just doing my best."
2: I thought it was a ball. <laughs> All right.
1: Let's let's get out to the zone phone joining us now. His off speed stuff's really good. Of course he's the head basketball coach at Weber State, and he joins us weekly. He's our friend Randy Ray. What's going on, coach?
0: Hey, what's up guys? How are you?
2: Hey, we're uh, we're doing great. Coach, you- let me ask you this have you ever felt bad for the way you've treated an official?
0: Yeah. I have actually, yes. I've said some things and done some things that after the game, you know, in the heat of the moment, it's like, yeah. And then you think about it, and you're like, you know, that probably wasn't really fair in <laughs> what I said. And I do. And now you got to remember, I live with a, a women's college basketball official.
1: Ah, my wife,
0: yeah. my wife is a college official that works in the Mountain West. So she even hears some of the stuff I say when she's at our games, and she's like, that was out of line. So she makes me feel bad sometimes, but it doesn't last long, I'll tell you that.
1: She, yeah, she's your conscience. I like that. Like, hey, maybe yeah. that was a little too far. Maybe it was a little too far. Uh well, well, Coach, you, we, we talked about it last week. You had a bit of an unanticipated break. Your team comes back, uh, comes back with a W. Uh, tell us how you thought about it.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, it was good. You know, anytime you have a a break and uh, you're always worried about, you know, being out of rhythm and all that stuff. And then we played Idaho the other night uh, and I thought we were a little bit out of rhythm and we, you kind of thing that you also do when you have a break is you lose that competitive edge a little bit, you know, and uh, and I thought that it took us a while to get that going against Idaho. And then we, we did, you know, better in the second half and kind of got our rhythm going. and, And then last night we played at Idaho state and, I tell you what, that team, they, Idaho State, was ready to play. They they were they were jacked up up there, and it was a really hard fought, physical game. And we played really hard. We didn't play real smart in the first half, uh, and then we kind of settled into the game a little bit and played a lot better in the second half. So overall, I was I was pleased, especially with the second half last night.
2: I'm always curious about that because, you know, we, we will see teams, we talk obviously a lot about the Jazz, and they were up by 22 against the Pistons in the first half and ended up losing a game. You were tied at 30 at the break uh, against Idaho State, and then you come out and have this brilliant second half, and you run away with it. H- how does a team change so much from one half to the next? What do you see from a coach's perspective?
0: Well, sometimes you're afraid to get up too big too early because, then uh-huh. they, you know, the ten- human nature is a tendency to relax, right? Hey, We're good. Everything's fine. We got this one. And then the minute you do that, then if there's enough time in the game, then if the other team, you know, you let down a little bit, they get into some rhythm they get some confidence and then it can snowball on you. And then you can't get it stopped, you know? And uh so that's the thing I, you know, I'll take a 20 point lead at halftime any night, but, but then my next worry is gosh, did we get up too big too early? We can't relax. Keep your foot on the pedal, those kind of things. And, but human nature kicks in. It's hard to fight human nature sometimes, you know? No matter what a coach says or how much you might scream at him or yell at him, hey, we cannot let down, human nature says, we're okay, we're fine, we're up 20, we're good, you know? And so you fight that a little bit.
1: So with that in mind, is it a, a bit of a challenge to play the same Idaho State team uh, again this week to get your guys to, to forget about the last result and stay focused?
0: Yeah, I think it is. It really is. You know, you got to... Again, you got to fight human nature, right? I mean, we've went up to their place, we got them pretty good, and it's a whole new ball game, and anything can happen. And I'm going to preach, you know, until I'm blue in the face that, you know, my whole thing is we got to give them 40 minutes. We only gave them 20 minutes the other night. We got to give them 40. They deserve our full 40, and and hopefully it kicks in. But then a lot of it has to come from within, you know. Uh, if you got a team you trust, and you got older guys, and you got competitive guys that that are trying to accomplish some good things this year, then You hope that that comes from within, and they take care of it themselves. And I put it on our team all the time. I say, this is is your team. You guys decide how good you want to be. You know where I'm at on all this, but it's got to come from you guys. And you guys take the lead, and you guys hold each other accountable. And and when you hold each other accountable, don't take it personal because we all want the same thing. So, you know, you guys figure out what you want to do with this one.
2: Speaking of human nature, I think it's really interesting and and I, I love that you 're so candid about it but what what do you find yourself fighting most with just the human nature of players or teams that you kind of get reminded of i don 't know if it 's every game or every week or just every season what What do you f- see most commonly that you have to constantly remind yourself to work against
0: the tendency to to let your guard down or to relax you know if you 've won a game or two. Uh, that kicks in where, hey, we're fine, we're rolling, everything's good, and then all of a sudden you get to a game that maybe you should win and you're not quite ready to go, and the other team is, and you can get dinged. You know, in conference play, you can get dinged home or road. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't matter what the record is. But if you don't show up with, the uh, you know, competitive nature and ready to go, you can get dinged, and you try to avoid the games, dropping the games that you shouldn't drop, right? Uh, But those are the ones that scare you the most because, uh, you know, Thursday night we got Idaho State coming in here. If we let our guard down because they're going to be excited to play and they're they're, they got a tough competitive group up there. We can get dinged. And and so you try to avoid that. But the biggest thing is letting your guard down. Relax. Get casual. Don't come with the same competitive fire that you need in, in the bigger games. That's what concerns me the most. That's what keeps me up at night a little bit for sure
1: so you obviously had some great performances uh against idaho state and you know of course we ask you about uh kobe McEwen uh a lot and he he was great with 23 points but let's let's say outside of him for a moment give us a player on your squad you're you're liking what they're doing that's playing really well right now
0: well i i really like dylan jones obviously i like a lot of our guys but dylan jones has been playing really really well you know and he's uh He's a kid that uh, he was a freshman last year. Got his year back, so he's still considered a freshman. But but he brings a lot to the table. He you know he's he's aver- he gets you know he's averaging. I think he's had like five or six double doubles in the fast seven or eight games. And he brings a lot defensively. He brings a lot rebounding wise. He brings a lot toughness. Uh, and he's he's a great team guy. All he cares about is winning. And and I just I really like. And he's got great leadership because he's all about what I'm about, winning and doing it the right way and being tough and being competitive. And uh, I really like what he's doing. And, you know, last night, Seagus Jawara played really well. He's a good player for us. And, um, and so and, – and J.J. Overton, we don't talk a lot about J.J., but I love how J.J. plays. J.J. plays for just – he just loves the game of basketball. He plays with joy. Some guys play with grit, with toughness. You know, Kobe McEwen, he's he's a gritty guy now, as gritty as you can be. J.J. loves He plays with joy, and I love that about him. And it's kind of contagious to our team. He just loves playing basketball. And if we play Idaho State at 10 o'clock down at the park, you know, Thursday night, down at the park outside, he'd be playing with the same joy. And I, and I love that about him. And it is contagious to our team. And he brings it every day in practice. So, uh, you know, those are some of the guys that, that are doing some good things for us as well.
1: The first place, Weber State Wildcats home game coming up Thursday, Idaho State. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Weber State fans, get there, support this team. Coach Ray, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Coach.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Appreciate you. That's uh, Coach Ray. I, I would think that that is... You asked a great question, Ben, and we kind of got on to the human nature thing. That's got to be the biggest challenge for a college coach, right? Having your guys focused, ready to go, and motivated because young people, and I was a young person once, Ben, tune people out. Yeah. And get distracted yeah. and have a lot going on, you know? And no, I thought— It's
2: got to be challenging. It's really fun being able to pick his brain on that because he'll tell you the truth about it, which is fun. I mean, that's because, A, he's such a good coach. B, he's got so much security because he does such a good job at Weaver State that he can probably open up and let the guard down a little bit. Where some coaches just never find an ability to do that, he's really got a great way to— uh, to do that. Hey, Jake, I do want to remind people of something really quick. Uh, I forgot to mention this. Gabrielle Union liked one of my tweets oh, last yeah. night.
1: Oh, you, you mentioned that earlier. It was
2: late, uh, so I don't know if people saw it. I did post it on my, uh, my private Instagram page, and I put it on my Facebook page, which is also private. So if you aren't friends with me on that and you didn't see it, I just wanted to let everyone know. Uh, Get that
1: word out there.
2: Yeah. Huge thanks to Randy Ray, but... Also, But Ben has arrived. Gabrielle Union liked one of my tweets last night.
1: Stay so. tuned. We wrap up the show. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ah!
3: The sports you love. The teams you can't live without. Get sense of urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Ah!
0: Do you slide on all your knives like this? Do you try on all your knives like this? I might put some spotlight on the slide. Whatever comes, comes to
3: clip.
1: Jacob Ben, 97.5 five and 1280, his zone. On Big thanks night night to our friend Randy Ray, head coach at Weaver State, for jumping on the show. His visit. As always, brought to you by our friends at uh, Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram right there in Riverdale. Live here, work here, cheer for the Wildcats here, buy here. Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, Riverdale, online at lhmriverdale.com. We do a lot of, uh, you know, see a lot of uh, car dealerships, uh, Ben, just as... uh, uh, a byproduct of uh, you know doing sports radio. Yep, and I think Larry H Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Riverdale might be the easiest dealership to find ever. That's great. I fifteen Riverdale exit. It's right there, and it's right there, it's right there. Yeah, it's quite easy. And the the people there are great. So big thanks to them for uh, for sponsoring our conversation with Coach Randy Ray.
2: Love love talking to Coach Randy Ray.
1: And and that stuff about human nature applicable on all levels. Uh, maybe. You know, coach saying that, uh, you know, you can't let your team let up even when they get a lead or you've got to figure out a way to keep them, you know, from having that human thing of a letdown. You know, that doesn't disappear at the NBA level. I think uh, this is a conversation we should get to tomorrow, uh, because we meant to get to it today and just didn't quite get there. But the, the, the letdown of a regular season when all that matters to this Jazz team is the playoffs yes. is a real thing. I
2: will, a oh, huge thing. I will admit a couple of things, probably, don't necessarily need to as a sports radio host, but I generally tend to err on the side of ultimately sports are fun to watch and they don't need to be what we base our lives around, our happiness around. Now, I do it for work and I understand why I have a different perspective. I don't default to, hey, I've had a hard day at work. I'm going to go unwind by rooting for this thing and because when it's good, it feels really good and you know it's fun to watch your team win. I don't deal with that anymore. So ultimately I tend to default to like, not that sports don't matter, but it's just like we take them so seriously. It's hard to see people have like such huge emotional ups and downs tied to sports, but it is why they matter so much. But I, I tend to not believe that I see like, low-level coaches, like really low-level coaches on Twitter all the time tweeting out like the keys to competition and how to create these like super competitive kids. And I myself ask all the time, like, is that necessary? (laughs) Is that a good thing to see this junior high baseball coach sending out tweets on like how to create the ultimate competitor? And then I still so often find myself repeating things in my head that are ingrained in like my, my, code as a person that are things i heard jerry sloan say when i was nine years old you know what i mean just like there's another game tomorrow like that's the great part about basketball there's another game tomorrow you have a bad day today in any line of work the nice thing is the sun's probably going to come up tomorrow you're still going to wake up tomorrow the blessings you have are probably still going to be with you tomorrow it's not easy for everybody everyone's got a different situation a different story but for the most part you're going to get another chance at it tomorrow or or Never refuse to shake somebody's hand because you never know who you're going to need a job from next. Like Jerry Sloan just always kind of had these funny little farmhand, this approach to life that was so blue collar. And it is so ingrained in who I am. And it didn't come from my parents. It didn't come from anyone else. It did come from Jerry Sloan. So you do from this good coaching. It does, you know. Get spread out. Those seeds are sown throughout an entire community when you have somebody who's that important. So it is interesting to hear Randy Ray talk about that. It's
1: reason number two million and one why sports is just incredible because you can just learn so much from it because all, all those lessons are so applicable across the board. And
2: I probably don't give it enough credit.
1: I well, it's the reason that uh, you know my daughter's four. I we're going to get her into soccer this spring. Yep, play a team sport. Right, learn how to compete, play as a team, win as a team. Have lose a coach. A team have yeah. a coach. Yep. Listen, all these things that right. are just you know consistent. Have focus. Work toward a goal. Fa- dealing with failure is the thing. Yeah, dealing with fit, playing a
2: role. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all it's part all of all
1: So good and so applicable to to what we do,
2: and it's just and it's a fun way to learn it.
1: Well, like today, I I, I heard somebody debate, you know the the value of participating in the Beijing Olympics? You know, what's the value of sport? Would it make a better statement not to go? How do you use the vehicle of sport to enact change? Is that even possible? Right. Do you reward bad behavior? Do you not reward? Do you punish athletes? Do you not? I mean, there's all these things that, that it's, it's just amazing. I mean, yesterday was, was Martin Luther King day. Like what, impacted jackie robinson honestly have on society as yeah. a whole not just as baseball and it's this vehicle of sport and it's just it's it's because it has all these great and wonderful values that are so applicable and there's so much interest it's such a big stage you know how does that all merge you're 100 right and is our friend Sam Farnsworth going to have to leave his cell phone here and get a burner for his trip to Beijing? We'll
2: ask him tomorrow. We'll ask him tomorrow when we talk about. Is he uh, worried
1: about his personal privacy
2: while he's while he's locked in some building in Beijing? He has a private Twitter account. I'll tell you about it. It's funny. It's like a good. Actually, I don't think it's all that private. He like is like an aspiring, uh, like he wants to open a cheeseburger restaurant. So he like he tweets out all these different like burgers he's trying to make. You know, Scotty does it too. Scotty makes – like tries grinding up different meats and different ratios yeah. so you can really make – Sam does it too and looks, makes what look like some absolutely incredible burgers. So we'll have to – maybe we can ask him about that tomorrow. Jeez, be friends with that guy. Yeah, right. He needs to yeah, – the guy who cooks.
1: <laughs> yeah, be friends with that dude. I um, want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. It's he doesn't t- pub it though. It's a new year and time for a new you. Davis Vision can help you ditch those glasses or contacts with LASIK. Schedule your free consultation today and save $1,000. Call Robin, 801-253-3080, or visit DavisVisionMD.com. Make sure you tell them The Zone sent you. Ben, talk to you tomorrow, buddy.
2: Miracle Megan, thank you. Hey, huge, huge ups to Gabrielle Union for liking my tweet last night. Hanson, Scotty are
1: next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.